Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know ahead of time, this particular episode is going to cover rape uh, that occurs within the context of the story. So if this is something that is concerning to you, you might want to skip this episode and go on to the next one. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 26 through 29 of Crown of Swords, book 7 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Nynaeve and Elaine apologize to Matt and swear never to insult or demean him ever again. And I'm sure that's going to stick. However, Matt's value is demonstrated immediately because they walk out of the room and catch a quest hook for a pretty cool sounding side quest. Nynaeve is all for it, but Elaine's more on the main story quest. So I guess we know which one of the two is a completionist. Uh, They meet with the Circle, a mysterious group of possibly very old White Tower throwaways with a complex hierarchy and a weird boner for Aes Sedai. But the quest line kind of peters out. Uh, They probably need to progress the main story quest further before they can do that side quest. You know how it goes with video games. (laughs) Uh, But on their way home, they spring a trap. This is way more their speed. Nynaeve zaps a few would-be attackers, and they're off. You know, I I felt this was actually way below their level, right? (laughs) This is a super weak trap for Nynaeve's detective That's a good point. Like, in the past, they've sprung traps with Forsaken. They sprung traps with... Black Aja, but in this case it was just like a couple of like like some dark friends with a random coach. commoners with a knife. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't didn't. Uh, well, I mean, you saw what happened. It was a real quick solve. Uh, meanwhile, we get to catch up with Mogedian, who has not been doing well since her escape. She's been trapped in some sort of nightmare loop for possibly like a hundred years. Time is weird in Shilagol, apparently. But she gets mind trapped and handed off to some new nasty named Morden, who's apparently tight with the Dark Lord. Uh, have we mentioned that working for the bad guys sucks? Because it sucks. <laughs> I mean, at least her the requirements there for her are clear, right? You know, she knows who her direct report is. That's true. Like <laughs> expectations are really straightforward, and the the tasks are really. I mean, the performance reviews are. You know, the the feedback is just on the nose. You know, you, you know always know how you're doing. <laughs> yeah. None of that like ambiguity. Am I doing a good job? No. <laughs> <laughs> so chapter twenty six, the irrevocable words. Icon of the White Cloak Sunburst. So, Morghese has been tortured and raped. Yeah. By the new White Cloak bosses. Yep. Uh, it's just, yeah. Like, the White Cloaks are horrible, right? From the beginning. And now, uh, they, I guess the High Inquisitor was torturing her. And then the new head of the White Cloak said, Hey, if you hook it up with me, then we won't torture you anymore. And... That's, uh, yeah. yeah, so this is, is this guy stupid or something? Because they still need her. They still need her. Their whole plan is to march the White Cloaks into Andor and, and use, have her giving them legitimacy. I guess they are thinking that she's just going to be their puppet and do whatever they say. Yeah, because, I mean, rape is all about power and having power over someone else. So It's surprising that these... This and what we're going to talk about later happen in the same few chapters because this is super dark. It is. It's extremely dark, right? She gets tortured and then raped, and then the whole first part of this chapter is her contemplating suicide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's her. Like this, this crushes her. Like, like understandably, like she's like, uh, you know, she's she talks about how 
so much of what she's done in terms of survival and like carrying on has been like this this confidence that she has about her you know who she is and what she can do and this 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 kind of tears her apart you know yeah mm-hmm. and it's especially gross too because Brienne immediately like starts calling her a coward and stuff like that after that happened and she's being extremely hard on herself too like she cannot live with the shame and it actually when the chapter very first started before we knew what exactly was going on but she's talking about lying in bed and she's she's got this like nightgown just completely covering her it reminded me of the aftermath of lord gabriel because that was essentially rape as well when he was mind controlling her yeah it's true yeah he made her dress in these like little things and do anything he said so so that's this is so much more explicit than that than anything else that's been in these books so far right if if you up until this point you would have thought that rape doesn't exist in this world mm-hmm. yeah except for the the literally the evilest people in the world using mind control magic to to rape people yeah, yeah. it happens one time yeah i don't know why he brought it in like that and two, uh, two times in that one space like i wonder if there's something going on in his life at that time yeah i think it's an interesting contrast i think the next one we're going to talk about i don't think he sees it as rape yeah no no i i, I agree we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. i think it's yeah yeah but yeah, yeah this has a this has a like a clear effect on Morgay's. uh she's struggling with this as you mentioned she's contemplating suicide because she's she's thinking you know i don't have anything left at this point you know yeah um and she but she's narrowly uh stopped yeah, by her people who come in. Yeah. Uh, because there's a disturbance going on. Uh, because while uh, Valda and his army have left the fortress, the Shanshan attack. Yeah, we, we see these. It's, it's kind of an interesting introduction to this scene because I guess most people don't realize the Shanshan are a thing. There's yeah. rumors about them. It, it's, I guess it's surprising to me that everyone doesn't know that they're real because when they were here before, it seemed like they had a pretty market effect but i guess it was a very a very fairly narrow area mm-hmm. yeah and it was only for uh, like less than a year right they they landed and they messed a bunch of stuff up it's not like they kept themselves secret though right yeah they were they were kind of i mean they were telling people go tell everyone we're here this is our place but I, I guess we have to remember that this used to be a world where information took you know traveled at the speed of horseback mm-hmm. so now we're used to people teleporting around and knowing everything yeah that's true but yeah, the Shanshan attack, and they take the castle. I guess this is the Shanshan's big advantage. They have these flying creatures, so they can take a castle like this before anybody even knows they exist. Well, that and the uh, they're wizard slaves. Yeah, yeah, wizard slaves. So yeah, they 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 fly in with their creatures, send in an army, and just blow everything up with yeah, uh, totally school the white cloaks. Yeah, just absolutely crush them. And you know, frankly, couldn't happen to nice people. Yeah, screw the white cloaks. I'm kind of okay with the white cloaks being pushed okay. off this thing. Given the video. choice between white cloaks and Shan Shan, which would you prefer? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this. Like, <laughs> this is the first time I found myself like rooting for the Shan Shan, but at the same time, the Shan Shan suck. <laughs> yeah, they suck a lot. I mean, I don't know, right? I mean, yeah, okay. It has to be the Shan Shan or worse because the white cloaks don't have slaves. Slaves. Yeah, yeah that's right. And and among the white cloaks, not all of them are terrible like torturers. Just most of them are just religious zealots. Yeah, I, okay. But on the other hand, like, a lot of the Shanshan, they didn't... All the White Cloaks basically opted in to being White Cloaks. The Shanshan were just raised in this society, you mm-hmm. know? That's a good point. People like, what is it? Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Gelad, who had a perfectly reasonable upbringing, like, had right, a good yeah. family. And then it was just like, nope, I'm going to be an alt-right asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So they, yeah, they take the castle, and then after a night of chaos, when Morghese and her team don't know what's going on, a Xianchen captain comes to summon her. It's interesting that they know who she is, or that she's there, you know? Like, I, I guess their intel must be pretty good. I, it's been overnight, so maybe there's some documentation that they were able to read, because Valda's not there, right? It's true, yeah. But I guess the people at the castle, they all know Morghese is there, right? Mm-hmm. It, well, yeah, I guess... I guess. It seems like they come directly to her with the intre- in- intent of, you know... Yeah. And right. we know that Shanchen have spies. That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if they had spies among the White Cloaks, mm-hmm. because they're, right. they've got informers everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it could be that too. And they, as we find out, they they have an eye out for local rulers to try and get them to swear. Yeah. So maybe they might have attacked this castle because Morghese was there. Yeah, up until this point in the chapter, I was like, okay, all right, Sean Chen, yeah, doing something good. And then as soon as Morghese walks into this room with this new person, I was like, fuck, I hate this Sean Chen. <laughs> <laughs> but they look so cool. They do. They, they're really snappy dressers. And like, <laughs> and they, they can decorate too. They have mohawks. They do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have sweet mohawks. Only the, the highest leaders have full mohawks. Yeah. Like if you're like a cut below them, you got a half mohawk. Yeah. yeah. And you've got the, they've got the long nails and two of them are painted with like blue lacquer. I was like, that's a pretty cool look, you know? Yeah. I I was curious if it felt almost like ancient Egyptian stuff because like I know in ancient Egypt they would have you shave half the head and the other half is a braid, which mm-hmm. they mention, and then like the blue lacquer. Yeah, I was just curious. It's probably connected to something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this high lady Suroth, by the way. We know her, right? Yep. She's a dark friend. Oh, I totally forgot about and that. And she's yeah. the one that took over the the Shanshan expedition to. Uh, I almost said Westeros. Uh, <laughs> you know, this book, Westeros. Westeros from this book. To this place after that other guy got killed in a sword fight with Rand. Right, and she's also the one who was uh, coordinating with, I think, Leandrin, right? When they, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. And uh, she's super cool. She's taken over Valda's office. She has a Lopar there, which is a really cool... It's like, like a giant hairless bear thing. Yeah. Kind of gross, but also kind of cool. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, but it's like really loyal to her and nice, and I kind of want one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... And she's got a, a Domine there, too. I actually really like seeing this from Morghese's perspective, because she's she's very observant and, like, kind of yeah. for keen, you know? Like, she looks around and she knows what's going on. Yeah, she... she imagine, like, any of the Two Rivers folk. They've, like... It would take three chapters just to explain what's going on to them. Yeah. But Morghese, yeah, you're right. She she grabs it right away because she's, she's a ruler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is very, very canny and very intelligent about it. Like, she can tell, like, when Suroth gets upset at one of the officers for making Morghese bow, like, Morghese immediately knows that it's just some sort of, like, good cop, bad cop bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, again, something that no, I don't think anyone else would have picked up on. But she's like, oh, this is all staged. Yeah, she's yeah. smart. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And then, you know, when, when Seraph is kind of trying to lean on her, Morghese just, like, she's a beast. She's like, no, fuck off. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get your ass kicked. So get out of here, you know? Like, <laughs> they're, they're putting, like, some serious pressure on her that I think just about anyone else would have been like, look, I'm not looking for trouble. Let's just do what we need to do. She's like, no, I don't think so. Yep. I like Morghese. She's great. Yeah. I liked, I liked this scene a lot, and I also liked the tantalizing little hints we get of what how freaking weird life is in Shanchen. Like, um, on her first true name day, she somebody attempted to kill her. Like, what? <laughs> you know? like, oh, yeah. She's like, what? oh, yeah, the first time someone tried to kill me, my right. Lopar killed them. <laughs> I know. Just all these random things that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shanchen society. 
It's interesting. It seems pretty stressful to me, to be <laughs> I think honest. think so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you're, like, like, you think, oh, you're a Sean Chen and you're, like, the high up, high lords or whatever, you got it made. But no, I think people are always trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a decorative monster. That's a protective monster. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But there's a former Aes Sedai there. Yeah, that we've we've met we've her met before, her before. Yeah, yeah. which is not her real name. It's the name that she was given because it's her Damane's old pet's name or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was the old cat's name. That's Pura. right. That's right. We remember. We we heard yeah, this story. It's a horrible, a horrible. Uh, what's the word? It's very dehumanizing. Yeah, but yeah, they, we also learn. So so as a kind of a power play, Seraph has one of her slaves come out and start doing some some like interpretive dance i guess it right it's so weird yeah it, it's a weird description and then we learn that that is actually the the former panarch right who we've also met before right right who she i feel really bad for yeah like she was just doing her job doesn't seem like she's a bad panarch right yeah. but then the black Ages show up and torture her for a while and then like naive and elaine show up and like kind of torture her also torture a little her bit for a while <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then they leave and basically the next thing that happens is the shanshan land and like make her a slave because she wouldn't swear an oath to them. Yep. And this is especially uncomfortable again, especially after what just happened to Morgay's because she's wearing this basically nothing and she has to do these weird like sexy gymnastics or something. Yeah. So it's more like controlling a woman's body and forcing her to do sexual things. It's awful. It is. Yeah. yeah. Although this seems to be just part of their culture, is they have these people do sexy dances all the time, and they have lots of naked servants. Sure, but still, still disturbing. Yeah, very mm-hmm. much so. Uh, yeah, Suroth wants Morgays to swear allegiance to her, uh, and bring Andor with her, and she's threatening her by saying, you know, she'll do to her what she did to Amathira, yep. whose name is now Thera. Yep. Um, and Morgays is like, let me get back to you on that. Because yeah. <laughs> even she is a little bit intimidated. Yep. So she heads back to her room. Um, she quietly abdicates to herself. Yeah, which is kind of an interesting. Like, like I guess it's it's an important for what reason? Like, I, I, like what what is the purpose of abdicating quietly to yourself? I guess. Is there some magic or something? I mean, you know, like, is this like, like Elaine wakes from a dead sleep? <laughs> I feel like a queen. <gasps> what just happened? No, I I think it's for Morgay's. Like she's. So far, she's been operating as the Queen of Andor with the goal to be the Queen of Andor. But if she's not the Queen of Andor, then she can just survive, yeah. right? Mm. So it's like a mental thing for her. Uh-huh. Like, I'm going to give up on being queen ever again uh, because that's that's going to be Elaine's job now. And I'm just going to try and take care of myself and these people around me. Yeah, because I guess she doesn't have to do it officially because most people think she's dead anyway. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and it's it doesn't, I mean, who cares if she said the words, right? She, they just want her for the figurehead. yeah. And it's at this point, I guess, when when she decides that she's going to kill herself. Cause she she does her like abdication, and then she's like standing at the window, and she's like, "Well, now you don't have any leverage." And then right, yeah, she's about to jump, and then I guess this is when old Lenny shows up, kind of knows what's going on, and stops her, uh, which is good because <laughs> yeah. this is. I mean, I'm sure it will turn out to be good, but I think Morgase is right. You know, she's more of a threat. To her kingdom than a, a help, right? Mm-hmm. With the Shanshan, it's kind of true, yeah. Um, but... Yes, but it doesn't come to that because they stop her from committing suicide. And then her other crew shows up. And then Balwar shows up. Yeah. Of all people. That guy. Balwar. <laughs> Who is like kind of, a, kind of a, a surprising dude, you know? Like he's... I guess he was the former spy master of 
the secret spy master Pedro Nial. Yeah. Not his fake spy master, the real smart and good spy master who was also kind of running shit. Yeah, and so he probably knows the ins and out of the tower. He's good at he probably is really good at figuring out what the situation is, although even he didn't know about the Shan Shan. Yeah. And so he, he comes in and he's got an escape plan for Morghese. I is it weird that I kinda trust him? <clears throat> like like I feel like First of all, he's a white cloak, okay? And fuck all white cloaks. Well, he's not a white cloak. He works for the white cloaks. I mean... Right? There's a difference. He was... Yeah, well, I mean, the guy who mucks out the stables isn't a white cloak, right? No, but he's, like, running their spy network. Sure, yeah. I mean, he's got a, he's got a high placement <laughs> in the white cloaks. I, I mean, Pedro Niel is technically working for the white cloaks. <laughs> no, no, but he's for an oath, Lord right? Commander. Oh, okay. Like, it's, it's, it's like a, you know, it's a vocation. It's not just a job. Do, do you, you don't think Bauer like sworn that oath? I don't think so. Hmm. Well, speaking of oaths, his plan is like, because he figures out that Sean Shen are like, if you swear the oaths, we just let you go wherever you want. That's how we roll. So he's like, oh, so I just swore the oath. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's just like, let's all swear the oath and let's go. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> it's a really good plan. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I feel like there's a fatal flaw in the Sean Shen strategy here. <laughs> it's just well, like, <laughs> it's stupidly easy, right? Like the Sean Shen's arrogance is... Well, normally they don't, well, they, but they're holding Morghese, right? And they, they kill, like, that's also part of the plan is they, they, they shank her guards. They kill them both. That's true. Who are Tarabiners, right? They're not, uh, they're not Shanshan. True. Because there's, sh- there's Tarabiners here, too. Is that how you say that? I thought it was Taraboners. Taraboners? I thought it was Taraboners, but I like Alice's better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never actually said it out loud, and it does sound weird. <laughs> I'm not seeing it in the back. <clears throat> Taraboners. Yeah, is. I thought they're from Tarabon, and they're Taraboners. Oh. They're Taraboners. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're Taraboners. <laughs> okay, they're Taraboners. Which comes Terra-boners. from the Latin Terra, and, and the Latin Boners, which is to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Terra meaning land, and Boners meaning big dicks. <laughs> Taraboners means the dick of the earth, so. Yeah. Either way, it's stupidly easy for them to escape. I mean, like, his escape plan is, let's fake swear an oath and walk out, you know, and then they do. Yeah. Uh, and pretend to be merchants. But, yeah, I guess the Shanshan, they don't think of it like they're holding these people hostage. They think of it like, we're returning and we're the bosses now and we don't care. They can keep, they can, people walk around and trade, tell whoever you want. It's not a secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Daddy's home. You know, that's a good point. Like, in the Shanshan's mind, they are here to save this land, right? Because all the things that they say are, we're here to end starvation and, like, you know, lift right. the poor people up. Like, they, they, they see themselves as benevolent saviors, even though they're shitty shitheads. Yeah. They're, so, they're so this is wa- benevolent saviors, more like the rightful rulers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that the, the, these people are all suffering and it's, you know, it's disorder, you know? Like, I don't, they don't seem very charitable to me. No, I suppose not. But they, well, okay, hold on now. They are actually literally charitable, aren't they? Don't they give money to the poor people in the places that they... Mm. Is that a thing? No, just the one spy did that because she was feeling really bad. Oh, she was running soup kitchens or whatever. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, because she was feeling bad for being an evil person from an evil nation. Yeah, that one friendly Sean Chan that we met, at, whose name I can't remember now. Again. Again, and that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She was cool. And she's off making smoochy face with Bail Doma. That's right. Oh, I love, oh man. Who is Bail Doma? He was cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, either way, works out to their advantage because they fake swear an oath and then walk on out. Yeah, and that's that's the plan. So, Balware to the rescue. Yeah. Who, I, I like him. You yeah. Know? He, I, like, he gets shit done. Yeah, absolutely, right? He's, he's got no illusions. So, chapter 27, To Be Alone, Icon of the Wolf. Which so, was, <laughs> this one was off to a rough start, you know? Like, rough. Uh, 
Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, going into this, I was like, Rand, what is going on, man? Perrin is like the last person that yeah. you have. Well, except for men. Men and, and Perrin. And, I mean, you're not fucking Perrin, so. Yeah, Perrin doesn't <laughs> want anything from Rand at all. Yeah. he's He, he seems like an important character. And it, it seems as if Rand is... Throwing him out, right? Yeah, yeah. Parents packing up and leaving Kyrian because uh, Rand has gone, flown into a rage and threatened to kill him and, and throws him against him. a wall with magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I guess Loyal was leaving too? Yeah, because Rand is sending Loyal off to close all the way gates. Is that what he's doing? Okay. Yeah, yeah to take care of the, you know, Trollocs and Mirrodrol showing up everywhere. Yeah, that's smart. And yeah. we don't know anything about this rando Ashaman who's going with him, right? I think this is a new guy. Okay. The name sounded familiar. What was that name? Carlden. K-A-R-L-D-I-N. Okay, yeah. yeah the he's, name sounded very familiar. He's a plain clothes Ashaman. Mm. So they fought... I bought this at first. They they fought over the Aes Sedai because Perrin's like, you got to treat the Aes Sedai better. Which is something they fought about before in a, in a yeah. pretty heated sort of way. So it's a very believable. I, yeah, I, I thought the yeah, same thing. Everybody in the palace is like keeping out, away from Perrin because they're like worried that Rand will just like nuke him from the sky or something <laughs> at any moment. <laughs> that's, that's the thing that he Which could theoretically could, do, right? It could happen. Uh, it's very sad. Yeah. But then he gets outside the city and he rides off into the woods and he meets his entourage and his two rivers army who are all there waiting for him. Yeah, I know. As this scene was unfolding, I was like, holy shit. Like, what is this entourage? How did you manage to collect all these randos? You know? <laughs> I know. This is his, like, motley crew, right? I, I, I it sees Fael and with her come Bane and Shead and Gaul is there. Maybe to back up Perrin, maybe to just chase after Bane and Shead. Right. And there's a whole bunch of maidens, including Sulin. Yeah, like two, like, was it two dozen or something like that? Yeah. Lunch, yeah. And then there's a... Terrans and Kyrianans. Yeah, the, the society people. Like, what, what, do they have a name? I forgot. The, 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 the society of the... Oh, was the, it, the, something, the way the, of the spears. The foe Aeel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the sword. Maybe it's the society of the sword. They have yeah. a silly name, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and they're all following Fael now or something, and all the two Rivers fighters are there, and there's two Ashaman and two Aes Sedai, and a bunch of wise ones to watch over them. And man, Perrin rolls deep now. <laughs> and, no, no, and Barrelane, and all of her wing oh, guards, yeah, too. I forgot about them, too. There's all the, mi- the what, miners. miners. Yeah, and all the miners are there, too. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I was like, dude, Perrin, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, and by the way... A whole bunch of goddamn names to keep track of, by the way. Oh, Holy so shit. many. Yeah. Holy oh shit. God. I was like... I'm glad we know the names of both of Berylene's captains of the guard, because that's going to matter. <laughs> I was just like going down the list, I was like, I'm never going to remember all these names. I'm having so much trouble. You know, we were just talking about this last episode about mm-hmm. this name situation, and then I just felt like Robert Jordan heard us talking about it. It was like, well, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, they're not in the glossary, and I don't want to go on any of the wikis, because there's going to be spoilers. Yep. Yeah, so it's really just it like, fuck you, try your best just, to remember them. It's like the, the summer rains, just let it wash over you. <laughs> That's that's where I, I was like, I'm not going to remember these, and I hope, hopefully none of these people are important, because I don't remember them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, so this is, yeah, it becomes clear that this is not a real fight between Rand and Perrin. This is like a uh, a scheme to yeah. send Perrin off, because they, they get there, and the Ashaman gateway them to Gale them, which is where Masima and the people of the dragon are. Yeah. So we finally learned some of the fucking plan. Yeah, yeah know, it was right? all a ruse. Yeah, t- ruse. ruse, 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 like kangaroos. Yeah, ruse, like Bruce Bolton. 
<laughs> it was all a clever ruse. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, they, he's sending Perrin to deal with Masima and uh, the rampaging prophet followers. And all I could say was good fucking luck, man, because that guy is bonkers. Well, he, he is bonkers, but also a lot of what's going down is the White Cloaks being assholes. That is true. So, But they did also... Masima and his people did for sure behead a whole bunch of people inside that uh, one. They were probably circus camp. bad people. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, I forgot about the fighting circus. Yeah. Well, that was a thing. Yeah, that whole that whole book where they were just oh, running yeah. along with the circus. There was a whole book where they were in the circus. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a separate circus where they all got beheaded for being, you know, uh, not not following right, the yeah, dragon. Yeah, looking at them funny. Yeah. Um, a little yeah. fun throwaway thing here that happens. Uh, the Ashaman have figured out their own kind of bonding. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. With their spouses. Yeah. So, like, the Ashaman bond with something similar to what the Aes Sedai with their, do with their waters, but they do it with their wives, and they can uh, make sure everyone's okay. Yeah, they, they of... know what their wives' emotions are at any range and, and, like, feel their pain and stuff. Yeah, she's like, I wish I knew what was wrong with her knee. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm of two minds about whether this was a good thing or not. If you could, either you could do this with your spouses, would you? No, but I don't need to. If I lived in a time where you could communicate with each other and you were would be separated a whole lot, then sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say no. Okay. Maybe, maybe yes, if there was no other way I could know if Bianca was okay. Yeah, if he was part of some ancient army. Okay. Sure. When you have sex, do you feel each other's orgasms? Hopefully. Whoa. Jeff. Wouldn't that be cool? Right? <laughs> I mean, that sounds great, right? Would be pretty cool. This was kind of a Black Mirror episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, when the guy put the thing on his head, the, like, surgeon. Do you remember? Kind of. Okay, anyway, not important. I'm the only person that thought that. I mean, that did not occur to me. No, did not occur to me. I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, did Moraine feel every one of those, like, women that land found in every town they well, went we to? Well, oh, we know that they did, because if you might recall, there was a warder who got captured by... Uh, right, by Samiraj. Who, who orgasmed him to death. And, and she felt it. And she felt it, yes. So we have an answer to that question. Wow. Okay. Okay. Man, Freema's been a happy lady. <laughs> you know, Lance was always so all cold. the time. <laughs> I know. That's just that's part of his duty. <laughs> just like, hey, go. <laughs> just, just keep us chill, right? I need some endorphins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, Lance, man, I'm getting pretty antsy. <laughs> Lamb, why don't you go take your dog for a walk? Yeah. I don't know, something. Yeah, uh, Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's going to be really hard to deal with Masima. He's crazy. His people are an army. I think this might come down to an actual, like, battle. Yeah, I, I, that, I guess that's the thing. To me, there's no way that Masima's going to gonna, uh, go easily, I guess, you know? He, he has his own idea of what it means to follow the dragon. And if they say something otherwise, he'll call them heretics and burn, or attempt to kill them, right? Maybe. I think Perrin yeah. is a good person to go against him. He's got the strength. He's got the juice. And he's also, I think, the most stubborn of everybody mm-hmm. and implacable. So yeah, might be the best choice. And he's got dragon cred for being from the two rivers. Also true, yeah. I, I, who, who could be better, yeah. Except maybe, yeah, I can't think of anyone. No, yeah, I don't think Matt would be better in this case. And I think you're definitely going to need a Tavarin there. Yeah, certainly not Nynaeve. The other, <laughs> Probably ta- the not. other Tavarin. <laughs> uh, well, she did meet Masima. She did okay. 
She oh, did do okay, oh, right, right? right? Yeah, she didn't talk him down. But I'm, she, I'm, yeah. I'm totally on Team Nynaeve now. I'm always the one defending her. <laughs> no, you're right. She did fine. <laughs> Uh, but also, in case this was, we were having too much fun. There's a whole bunch of drama between Perrin and Fael and Berylaine. I know, and that's the thing. Like, I like Berylaine a lot, but every time that Robert Jordan introduces her lately, it's just to fuck with Perrin's life. You know? Yeah. I don't understand why that would, why like, that has to be a thing. And then, like, come on, Fael, like, they're coworkers, right? They work together, right? This yeah. Is, this is normal. Mm-hmm. But apparently, we're we're not done with this shit. This is this mm-hmm. is going to be a thing now. So, chapter 28, bread and cheese, icon of some dice. So, Matt has moved his entourage into the Terrasin Palace. And he can't understand why no one else is concerned about living in the palace. He's like, come on, guys, we have to live in the palace. And we're like, yeah, it seems all right. He's like, no, it's terrible. <laughs> he doesn't understand. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and so he's, he's super worried about it because he's worried about Thailand. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Um, I liked the bit where he's talking to the cook from the inn as they leave, and she says... You squeeze too many melons, my young lord, and you shouldn't be surprised when a rotten one bursts in your hand. <laughs> and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and she's like, and you, if you say a word, it'll be trouble. He's like, I won't say a word. <laughs> and he's like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, just, I love how Matt just like, blunders through these situations. <laughs> no, he doesn't understand anything that's going on around him. But Matt's new digs are pretty swanky. Yeah, it's a really cool room, just right down the, the hallway from the queen. Uh, speaking of, she comes in and uh, semi-assaults him. Yeah. She's like an octopus. Her arms and hands are everywhere. Yeah. And she unbuttons his pants. And mm-hmm. It's and, gross. Yeah, pushes him across the room, jumps in his lap. Uh, he explicitly tells her no several times. Uh, and she does not listen. Yep. And uh, then he's saved by Tom and Julian, and eventually Elaine and Nynaeve, who come back from uh, their, their missions. Right. And they're actually pretty nice to him. Which... I find incredibly suspicious, right? Like this <laughs> yeah. whole situation that is super suspicious. So I'm like, what? What are they? What are they doing? I, I don't know. I think maybe it's part of their their this G Eto honor game that they're playing with Avienda. I would buy that from Elaine, but Nynaeve doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. So maybe they've got some side and, thing. Oh, you know, I think I know what it is. I think this this happened like in time. Like mm-hmm. they, they just got back from that attack by Darfrins. Oh. So he he comes in and he's like, "Okay, you guys gotta take two of my guys with you whenever you go as a guard." And they're like, "Yeah, okay, that's a good idea." <laughs> like I think they may actually be convinced. Oh, okay. That that actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And. uh so they, they give a task to Matt and Tom and Julian to watch that circle. Yeah. This well, is they go off and do other stuff. This is not a very good use of Matt's skills. Like, they brought him in for a very specific task, right? Mm-hmm. What they should do is blindfold him, spin him around, and just have him start walking. <laughs> like, that's the way you use Matt, yeah, right? Not, not walking, running. With, with a knife. <laughs> so, like, run and swing your knife. And just, whatever happens is fine. <laughs> But no, they have him sitting in an inn across from the circle, and so far doesn't seem to be playing out very well. It is weird. I, I was confused by their plan because haven't they recognized by now that it just has to be a pure randomness thing? Don't think they're so. They're not. They're not messing with his Tavaren powers. I don't think they know about the luck. Yeah, because he doesn't tell people about that because mm-hmm. he just cheats at gambling all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he doesn't. He doesn't bring it up that he he has an edge. Yeah, they they, they see him as like a as like a terrible like. You know, lout and gambler. They don't see him as somebody who always wins at gambling because mm. you know they probably don't pay him that much attention. Right. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't think they know about his magic luck powers. They think about him like Rand, where it just shit just goes weird sometimes. Some usually right around him. Yeah. Okay. 
So they don't realize he's a special kind of Tavaran yeah. or whatever. So they give him that task. And then, uh, but meanwhile, while he's spending his days at this crappy little inn watching that house. With Drinking shitty in, tea. Drinking, like, <laughs> shitty tea. They, they talk funny. a lot about how bad the tea is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, on different days, it's different kinds of shitty. Yeah. Today, it's, it tastes like it's been re-steeped, you know, for yeah. a week. I don't know. And this, I, this is actually kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, for some reason... With one exception that we're going to get to, I think it's funny when bad things happen to Matt. <laughs> yes. uh, Back at the palace, but uh, in the evenings, though, Tylin pursues Matt relentlessly. Yeah, uh, she's quit feeding him. Like yeah. she, she won't let him eat unless he eats with her. Right. She's given orders to all the palace staff not to feed him. Yeah. And he's had to block the door and she still tries to get in. Yeah. Yep. He locked the door and put a chair under it and he heard the lock rattling in the night. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he, he was awake all night just waiting for her to somehow manage yeah. to get in. Yeah. He was afraid she would like somehow manage to get in through the window even. He was yeah. so scared. Yeah. She puts threatening notes under the door. That's right. Uh, and in, during the days, the NDA, uh, 90s detective agency, is watching Carradine's home. Yeah. I guess they're following up on that. Frankly, I don't understand. Like, okay, I get that that's important, right? Mm-hmm. Carradine is a dark friend, and he's like a, a, a big wig in the white cloaks. Generally, like a, a dangerous guy. But he's not their priority, right? Okay, so I don't, they don't say this. Maybe they will. I think they are watching him to try and find the Black Ajas. Mm-hmm. And the, they think the Black Ajas might know where the bowl is. Oh, okay. okay I think, I think they see this as a lead. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And that's why they're looking for somebody they recognize, because they're looking right. for the Black Ajas. and it has to be them, because they're the ones that have seen them. Okay, because it just felt like they were spending a whole lot of time and energy on Carradine, I mean, which, again, I get he's a shitty guy and, like, you know, fuck him, let's bring him down, <laughs> but, like, they're not here for Carradine. Yeah. But, okay, maybe that makes sense. But but we know that the Black Aja probably doesn't know where the bull is because they've been <laughs> running through their local channelers to try and Right, exactly, find yeah. And, uh, and meanwhile, while Matt is hanging out, uh, watching this house where nothing happens... Uh, he hangs out with Birgitta a lot. Which is great. And they are so... They're such bros. It's so awesome. Yes, they're very compatible. Even Matt, the the most unintrospective person, realizes, like, this is so weird. Like, she's like like a lady. And she's like a pretty lady. But, like, I'm not trying to have sex with her. (laughs) Like, it's just like hanging out with her. It's really fun. It's almost like... I don't know. She's... What, what is there... There's got to be a word for this. Like somebody that you hang out with and don't want to bone. I mean, it's like a friend, but she's a girl. I don't understand. <laughs> this is very strange for me. I mean, it's just like hanging out with Perrin and Rand. <laughs> it's funny to me, too. There's many references made to how Margita wants the ugliest dude she can ever... She can possibly find. That's <laughs> just like, her thing. He's like, I know I'm not her type because I'm too good looking. Yeah. <laughs> she really likes she really likes ugly dudes. And I was just like... I'm trying to picture what Birgitta's type is like. (laughs) So, do you guys, can you bring to mind a character in the story that is notably ugly and pretty young? A candidate who might be Gaidal Kane reborn? Oh, uh, let me think about that. Young and ugly. Ulver? Shit, you think what? so? What? I don't know. I don't know this. Okay. It's just they, they always mention how ugly he is. <laughs> That's right. They do. Don't he's, they? And he's young. He's he's not so young that he would have been born after Gaidal Kane disappeared, but time works differently in Teleron Riyadh. Yeah. yeah. He's very charming. Yeah, he's he's charming, yeah. I don't know if Gaidal Kane was charming or not. I, I don't think he was. And yeah. he's kinda like a little Matt, so like that personality 
Right? right? Yeah, so she she likes Matt's personality. Okay, right? I would buy that because you're right. I was I thought it was weird and kind of mean how he was like going into this detail about how ugly this <laughs> small child was. His ears are like, too big, his nose is too big. He's yeah. just an ugly kid. Yeah, right. Even if his mouth and his ears were normal sized, his nose would still make him ugly. I think Terry was like, God damn, are they? Dude. That's cold. Right. This kid's I mean, like twelve. <laughs> no, he's ten. He's ten. <laughs> he's just a little kid. Be nice to him. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have no foreknowledge of that. I just... Yeah. That, that would be... I have been kind of wondering about that, you know? Yeah. If we're going to run into the reincarnation or not. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, the dice start rolling again also. Yes. Poor Matt. I know. He's like, you know, I just, I just got through with that. And somehow... Yep. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Matt spends a whole bunch of uh, days just surveilling that one thing. There's yeah. a lot of kind of cool description of the city and stuff going on in the palace, you know? It's true. Uh, chapter 29, the Festival of Birds, Icon of the Dragon's Fane. So, Tylen ambushes Matt in his room, because she has a key to his room also, yeah. and rapes him at knife point. Yeah. Uh, Matt has thinks he's saved himself because he sets up uh, Ulver in side room, and she comes prepared. She brings a little, like, a woman dressed in a costume yeah. to draw him a away. A woman with the biggest breast Matt has ever seen. Which is really saying something he's seen a lot. <laughs> That's true. I mean, he's hung out with that evil lot. So. <laughs> Not the biggest, but the most spectacular. Yeah, that's oh, true. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah they could just be like, yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny because she she picks this person because of Olver's reputation, I think. Yeah. Like, she knows, she's like, heard about, she said, oh yeah, I've heard how Olver is. And here's the person. It's just like this beautiful woman. And Olver's like, hi, let's <laughs> yeah. go for a walk. It totally, 100% works. Yep. And yeah. she's, she starts off by being just, like, straight-up creepy, and then just gets, like, it, it's really dark really fast. Yeah. She pulls out a knife. Like, he he's trying to... She takes the key, locks the door, and then takes the key, like, hides the key. He tries to go for the key, and she puts a knife, like, at his throat. Well, says, he grabs her by the shoulders, right? Oh, right, right. And so she says, says something like, oh, that's how you want to play it. And then she pulls out her knife and, and forces him onto the bed and forces him to have sex with her. Um, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, and... and I kind of hate that this is... It feels like this is played as a joke. Yeah. yeah. This is, it's very interesting contrast to what happened to Morghese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that really bothered me the most is that after it happens, the way Robert Jordan writes it is not that Matt is like, oh my God, I was just raped. He's mad because he's the one who's supposed to do the chasing. And I'm reading directly from the yes, text Yes, that's specifically what he says. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I guess he just came... Unfortunately, from a generation where male rape was not seen to be a, a real thing or a well, serious he, thing. He even says, right? Oh, you're talking about Robert Jordan? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, I, maybe it's supposed to be funny because Matt's such a hound dog, right? Like he, he maybe it's implied that he actually does kind of like it, that he, he likes having the sex. What he doesn't like is not being the dominant partner. Yeah. Or something. But that's not specified anywhere here. There's like... All Matt says about this is, I don't like this. Please don't do this. I want to stop. Yeah. I wish I had somebody to talk to about this. Nobody understands what I'm going through. And he's right. That's that's one of the things that makes me kind of, like, like makes me uncomfortable reading this. Because if he tried to tell his friends about this, Nynaeve, Elaine, they probably, first of all, wouldn't believe him. And second of all, would just be like, why are you taking advantage of me? You know, like, yeah, they would yeah. berate him. Because yeah. they're from that same culture he's from. Yeah. But so. even he says, like, I'm used to doing the chasing, but, you know, 
But we wouldn't chase somebody who's not into it. Yeah, he yeah. says it specifically. Like, I, you we, know. like even he knows the difference between what he normally does and what Thailand is doing. Yeah. And, you know, we, we beat this dead horse of, of like, what would happen if you swap the genders? But if you swap the genders, like, you couldn't put this book on shelves, right? No. This would be super bad. Yeah. You absolutely could not. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then At it's like. At least not in the fantasy section. It, re- it read like a horror story to me when it got to the point where she was like rattling the doorknob and trying to get in mm-hmm. and put slipping the creepy notes under the door. It was, it was, it was horrifying. Yeah. And then she leaves him some money on the table on the way out. Oh shit. That's right. Yeah. She does. She's like, she's go like, buy yourself something pretty for the festival. She says, get your ear pierced. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I noticed you don't have your ear pierced, or I would have bought you an earring. That's Here's right. some money, go get your ear. So That's messed so up. fucked up. Yep. I like I like my pretties with their ears pierced, so you better go get your ear pierced. Yeah, go mutilate your body yeah. for me. And just from the presentation, I think it's supposed to be like it's funny because Matt is like getting a, a dose of his own medicine, but he's not. Matt he's would not. never would have never sex this. with somebody who wasn't into it. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Like he he wouldn't even per, like he said, I wouldn't pursue someone who who was like not into what I was doing like not even like not even like like aggressive flirting he would not do he's like I I you know I'd give chase if someone's into it but not if they're not you know yeah and he's made it clear from day one that he's not into this from, with Thailand yeah this is this is crazy yeah mm-hmm. and I I think I mean I think even by the standards of the time when this came out this was crazy. I'd like to think that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it just, it, like I said, it, to me, it feels like Robert Jordan doesn't see this as a thing. Like the, the, it's written that way. Right. Yeah. And you know, it was published in 96. I would hope by that point, I mean, but the thing is a lot has changed. We've become a lot more enlightened in a lot of ways, I think yeah. in the last 30 years, but 20 years, 23 years. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't that long ago. No. Nope. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I see like a, I'm not defending it. I'm, t- I'm saying like what Robert Jordan is saying, like that Matt's not really not consenting, right? In this in this world, Matt couldn't possibly not consent to have se- having sex. Yeah. Right, because all sex is good for him, and yeah. right, and he's just it's just not going down the way he wants it to, and that's the joke. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think we agree. Like, there's no way to justify it at all. Like, he was just wrong. Yeah. It was wrong of him to Robert Jordan to write it that way. Yeah. It was I mean, just wrong. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to pay off this uh, story event the way it needs to be. Yeah, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't think that. Yeah. Yeah, it made me. I had to put down the book and walk away for a while because I was so upset about the way it was written mm-hmm. um, and the way it was handled. Yeah, I, I actually remember this. Right, I, I remember this this scene happening, and it's worse than I remember. You know, I mean, maybe my my standards have changed since I was sixteen or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it, I think. Because I, I remember, I remember Matt being sort of into it, you know, and he's he's sort of befuddled by the whole thing. But the way this is written, he's just not like he never says or thinks anything that indicates he's into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> after that, which happens in the morning, he goes out and has the rest of his day, which involves going out to the festival, which is like carnival in Rio. Everybody's this sounds like a really awesome festival. Actually. Well, that and she's like, oh, and you can babysit my kid. <laughs> well, right? I mean, kind of. <laughs> kind of. She's well, like, not just in the age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. She's, but yeah, he just, his, her kid just wants to be friends with him. Yeah. Because, like, I'm so cr- glad mom found found a boy she likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. At least this carnival is cool, right? Yes, the carnival yeah. is cool. The festival of the birds. Yeah, everybody's dressed as a bird. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I wish we had that, actually. Matt's being kind of a, a, a stick in the mud about it, though. He's like, these women need to put some clothes on. It's like, <laughs> dude, come on, man. Have a good time. Yeah, right. Everyone here have, is having fun. Right. And uh, Matt and Brigitte are, you know, they're, they're, she's out there, too. And she's into it, too. I like Brigitte. She's great. And that's yeah. like, but you're wearing girl clothes. And she's like, yeah, sometimes I like to wear girl clothes. <laughs> uh, and uh, before they can have too much fun, they are attacked by a bunch of fake beggars. Yeah, you know, even at the festival, people are randomly targeting Matt to mug him. Though these ones don't seem to have any bags, which is unusual. <laughs> Enormous <laughs> bags, you know, in case he has like a bunch of treasure or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Not this time. They just have a bunch of knives. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he, they all like... They, these guys jacked the wrong party, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, Matt's a problem, Birgitta's a problem, Nelesian is, is he's a soldier, right? And yeah. Like, and Bezlan is there, who just, like, kills people in duels all the time. He's and an accomplished duelist. Uh, probably all of his friends are, too, right? You know, they <laughs> yeah. just, like... <laughs> and they're just, like, killing all the beggars. And, and I really liked when Matt and Birgitta go back to back. Yes! Yes, that's great. <laughs> yeah, covering each other. It's he's like, cool. I felt her moving behind me, but I wasn't worried about her. Birgitta can take care of herself. He's like, yeah, she can. You don't <laughs> yeah. think they're setting up a, a romantic relationship, do you? No. It feels like no, yeah. It feels like expressly the, the opposite. He's leaning really hard into these guys aren't going to get together. Yeah, even Matt is a little surprised that there's no romance there. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing a relationship like that, just like if... Friendship of equals, but of different sexes. Yeah, as we discussed, Robert Jordan seems to have a thing for pairing people off. So I, I'm glad that this is doesn't seem to be the case. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 funny because there's this little like this moment when he's like, "Oh, don't give that guy money. He's not wearing the the bronze ring on his pinky." And they're like, "There's a guild for beggars too." And he's like, eh, "You know, there's a guild <laughs> for everything." And then yeah. and then the guild for <laughs> yeah. beggars shows up, know, right? and they're like, "Oh, fuck you, man." <laughs> It's our turn. Unrelated to what's going on, they're just pissed off that these guys are pretending to be beggars. I know. It's like it's like the beggars are not doing particularly like sorry, the fake beggars are not doing particularly well in this fight. You know, they're they're getting their asses kicked, and then all of a sudden the real beggars show up, and then it gets really bad. Yeah, he's like, there's four or five beggars on each person, like stabbing them and beating, yeah, with, beating with rocks. <laughs> and Bezin's like, okay, we're done here. Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll clean this up. <laughs> like they they're not going to leave them alive. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I like this. As as always, Robert Jordan's fight scenes are great, and this is a this is a fun little exchange. Yeah, uh, uh, and yeah, Beslin's like, uh, I guess. It, it, then they make their way back to the Rose to have some more shitty tea, and Beslin's mm-hmm. like, "I'm glad you're getting along with my mom," you know, because mm-hmm. I guess he's got an open mind about it at least, so. right? And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Specifically, he knows that that Matt's stooping his mom. Yeah. And, and he's like, yeah, that's cool. I like you. <laughs> and Matt's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, like, and, yeah. uh, and by the and way... This, this shocks him so much yeah. that he picks a random person coming out of the surveilled house and follows them. And that random person is someone important in the circle. Yes. Which is, so finally Matt's ability is getting to pay off. Right, him. so they were, they were kind of right. Just put him near that. And eventually Matt will like freak out and do something random and it'll work. Yeah, I mean, it, it did end up sort of paying off here. I, I still maintain that they were using his power all wrong, but at least it ended up working out in the end. Yeah, I mean, even if you're like intentionally throwing darts at a map of the city, that's still intentional, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe it has to be literally something random that nobody could predict. Yeah, I, like, I, like I said, they need to blindfold him and just have him walk around the city. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt staggers off. He's following a random circle member, and we see briefly from Rianne's perspective, the leader of the circle, that that's a person that she sent off to do something. 
important. That we don't know what it is, but it's an unusual order. She talks about how she's felt the urge to give this order, even though it's against the rules. And I think that's Taverna. Mm. I think that's because Matt's been sitting outside. That's what I figured it was. Yeah, she's been having this urge to like get yeah. the plot going. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I was trying to figure out what that was. I was like, she's been told not to do something, but she's doing it. I was like, is she... She is it like a channeling addiction thing. I was trying to figure out what that was. That it, re- was it reminded me of when Perrin was like being drawn towards uh, Rand again, like a little, uh, just a little ways back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is this is a, just a Taverin draw, uh, warping reality. Right. Like they do. So Matt delivers once again. Awesome. Good job they they brought him in on this. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No. Um, I guess yeah. I don't know. This 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 set of chapters was kind of all over the place. Like. Uh, I'm hoping this is not going to be like a a thing that is leaned into so heavily. This Tyler and Matt thing, uh, it it makes me pretty uncomfortable, and I'm I'm hoping this isn't going to be like I suspect this is going to be going on as a, a as a subtext thing. But I'm hoping they're not going to be so like because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like reading that stuff. Yeah, we really uh, we didn't read them in this order, but the the Mogedian getting mind trapped. And Morghese getting raped was like back to back. Yeah. It just happened to break the chapters in between them. Yeah. So that's just a really dark stretch. It is. It is. Because, yeah, Mogedian's whole... What's, again, she's a very evil person. Couldn't happen to a nicer person, you know. But what she's going through is horrible. Like, it's, it's like a nightmare, you know. Mm-hmm. A literal nightmare and a figurative nightmare. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm hoping that the next chapters are more of the fight scenes and less of the rape scenes. I really yeah. fucking hate... That is my least favorite thing about Robert Jordan is the way he has people enslaved. Like, yeah. remember when Egwene was enslaved by yeah. Sean Chen and, like, mm-hmm. Mogedian and, like, I feel like it happens a lot and it tends to happen to the women, but it's happening to Matt right now and I really hate it. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not on all the time. Yeah. I'm disappointed because Crown of Swords was my absolute favorite book up until this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on that note. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters 30 through 33 of Crown of Swords. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Mike Spartan. I don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Uh, your dollars keep our servers uh, running. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the little chipmunks that are running. and keeping us. Yeah, that's, that's how right. we feed the chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> we, we roll up the dollars and we feed them. <laughs> it's not the most efficient way to go, but hey, it works for us, okay? <laughs> uh, please like us in real life. <laughs> We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light illumine you. you.